You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie. I am your host, and I am here with my co-host, Ryan. Say hello, Ryan. Hello. <laughs> I can't say the way Angelica says it, but she has like a special I, way. Of that was, that was you. Look, look, you are a speed racer right now, so you say it however you want to say it. <laughs> We're taking a break from the Umbrella Academy recaps. I know you guys are missing those recaps because it's been a minute since we've done one. Uh, but we'll be- I know we're taking our precious time on that. Yeah, we're we get, we getting, we getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. But don't worry, we will be back for those recaps. But I think you guys will enjoy this episode because we're going to give you a breakdown of my experience at the Daytona 500, which happened this past weekend in Daytona Beach, Florida, at the Daytona International Speedway. And let me tell you, this was the most incredible, exciting experience I've had in a long time. And I am so honored and privileged and just so pleased to have been uh, invited by the NASCAR family to go out to Daytona Beach. And I, I wanted to talk about it with you guys because I feel like there's so much more to say than just writing an article about it and just really talking to you because it's more than just interviews and the sport itself. It's the experience that they invited uh, Black Girl Nerds as well as a team of journalists to be a part of. So Ryan's going to be here with me to talk about it. She's also a NASCAR fan. Yeah, I'm excited. I want all the details because I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, I'm jealous because that's still on my list that I want. I want to go to a NASCAR race. So yeah, I want to hear all the details. I'm excited. <laughs> so you're probably wondering, okay, first of all, Black Girl Nerds, NASCAR, huh? What? <laughs> you guys have never covered NASCAR. Like if you done a search on the Black Girl Nerds site of NASCAR, no content would come up. How did you guys get invited to a NASCAR event in the first place? Great question. Um, I don't know, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, basically the way it happened is, you know, NASCAR, believe it or not, is a lot more diverse than people uh, would think. Obviously, uh, yeah. you know, there is only currently one African-American racer that's in the series, the NASCAR series, which is Bubba Wallace, number 43. But there are a lot of NASCAR um, African-American, both male and female uh, folks that work in the pit area. Uh, also, there are NASCAR employees that are part of the company um, and people that work for Fox Sports that uh, are people of color. And I was just really amazed that the company itself is, is so diverse. I was just like probably what many people thought. I thought it was a very white 
you know, company and a, a very <laughs> a white space. Yeah, yeah, um, because yeah. looking at the drivers and looking at TV, that's just what you thought. But it's it's comprised of a lot of people of color, and what they wanted to do was have some multicultural and diversity outreach and have uh, publications of color, including Black Girl Nerds, to see the inside of what NASCAR looks like and report on that. And that's what I did. And it was such an incredible experience. And I'm, I'm going to tell you all about that. So yeah, I'm just looking like as you're talking, I'm looking back on Instagram because you have like director of racing. Like if you guys want to see all this, check out uh, Black Girl Nerds on Instagram. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, it's, this was like amazing. And when I saw, that's what got me excited when you were posting all this, because I had no idea. I was thinking like, you know, you hear about Bubba Wallace cause you know, he'll be in the news like a lot when the racing season starts or since it has started. But yeah, you don't think about any of like the pit crew, anything. Yes. A lot of the members of the pit crew, um, Brianna Daniels, the first black woman who is a tire changer, front wheel tire changer for NASCAR. And fellow NSU alum go Spartan hey, represent. Listen, that's a big <laughs> deal because I don't meet a lot of Norfolk State University alumni so to see her uh -huh. and to see how she is thriving and to have a chance to talk to her by the way she shared my Instagram post about her on her Instagram story so thank you Brianna for doing yeah, that. check that story out you guys it is amazing yeah. her story is, like the way she just got into this and not even planning I just I love hearing like how people get started and things are so interesting it's so it's so cool like and she she literally uh hopped from being at Norfolk State to getting into an internship program through NASCAR and became a tire changer and tire changers at NASCAR make crazy money I was looking <laughs> I was looking on Google to see how much a tire changer makes um yeah. it's in the six figures y'all like it is a lot of money so um, well, yeah because that's serious because I I was reading they have to do it in like was it like 15 or 12 seconds because they have to change like all of them out they might have to alter the pressure to help with like you know the how you drive on the track and everything so yeah I can believe it because without not, without any of that like I saw some people's tires going when I was watching and without any of that, they're just gone. Like the car was just floating off to the side without the right like tire pressure. And, and I was the I was seeing some as low as like four seconds, and then I saw like the fastest tire change on record was one second. So wow, yeah, it's wow. it's a really it, it it it's a craft. Um, it definitely takes a certain level of skill to be in that position. And congrats to Brianna for being a pioneer, and hopefully. Um, by a lot of women seeing her face and seeing her out there, they'll feel comfortable enough to, you know, put themselves into that position and, you know, take on that that uh, internship program and, and be a part of NASCAR. Um, so so that was great. Gosh, where do I begin? So we will talk about like what? Go ahead. Go ahead. If you oh, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, can you like walk us through? Cause you had a couple, you did, you were on, you were live on Instagram yeah. and you had like a little press area and I saw you guys like picking up the speed on some go-karts to get where you're going. So like, what was the atmosphere? Like, is everybody just, is everybody super early to get set up to where they want to see the race or like, what's the atmosphere when you first get there? So the atmosphere, um, when we first got there, you know, everybody was super excited. We get to the speedway. Daytona International Speedway is huge. I was not expecting it to be so big. I mean, it is a colossal yeah. speedway and I, I've never been to 
any other speedways. I know that there's others in different cities, like uh, uh, there's one in Dover, Delaware. Um, and I think there's others in like Indianapolis, the Indy. Yeah, we got, we have Charlotte Motor Speedway. So yeah, yep, Charlotte Motor Speedway. Speedway. Yeah. So there's, there's other cities that have them, but, um, so I can't compare, but, uh, Daytona Speedway is, is just gargantuan. So we went through, um, the area. So going through the parking lot area, there's all of these mm-hmm. RVs, these Winnebago's that are set up. And I guess it's mostly fans, but it's also the race car drivers. Their Winnebago's are parked there um, where I guess that's where they stay because it's within walking distance to the speedway. Um, um, But also there was a lot of fans out there that were kind of like hanging out. They had like little um, barbecue things set up and... (laughs) You know, they were kind of cooking and um, kind of had little lawn chairs set up where they were relaxed. Uh, I will say this. uh, As you guys probably know, Trump was there on Sunday at Daytona 500. And this is an election year. So there was a lot Mm -hmm. of Trump 2020 paraphernalia. And uh, a lot of people were wearing Trump 2020 shirts and Make America hats, MAGA hats. And yeah, that was, you know, yeah, that was a little awkward. Um, So, you know, that that was probably to be expected. But yeah, we see going through that little area with the go kart. And seeing all of the mm. the Trump flags on people's RVs, I was like, okay, it's gonna be like this. And even there was, uh, <laughs> there were like little yeah. um, like helicopter planes where you know they do the advertisements, the banners that they fly over. They even had like the text Trump two zero two zero or whatever. I'm like, oh no, not the text. Yes, I was like, really, y'all? Like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's see, I was I was wondering like people's people's like feelings, but you know, I I guess Twitter stayed pr- pretty much clear for NASCAR. So I guess we better be grateful for that. Cross our fingers for that. Yep, yep. I mean, uh, I'm glad I didn't yeah. see because um, uh, shout out to our NASCAR point of contacts, great team by the way. They did the damn thing as far as just helping us navigate through. Uh, the speedway through all of the areas where um, they gave us all these really great tours. Uh, My main point of contact, Jasmine Neely, she is amazing. And Jasmine was like, you might see, you know, Trump stuff and Confederate flags. I'm like, oh no, but I didn't see any Confederate flags. So I'm glad that that, yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, And I talked to somebody, um, at NASCAR that handles like multicultural relations. And she says that they've been really trying to crack down on that. So it looks like that's something that's been working. So that's good. You know, they are trying to promote inclusivity and making this a more comfortable, diverse environment that's open to everybody. Uh, So um, yeah, 
Yeah, I did hear, but I did hear they are like the best when it comes to like uh, you know, giving press coverage, like making sure they know a lot of stuff. Like if if they haven't told you something, they literally just don't know or something wasn't said cuz I heard they're very good about making media feel real comfortable and everything and making sure they have what they need. Yeah, they they took really good care of us. And there was a lot of, you know, situations where things kind of um, you know, were out of their control because unfortunately, Trump and this is something I did not know until, I guess, after the fact. Trump didn't announce that he was going to be there until Thursday. So, Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, I thought this was something they had thought about, you know, being in Florida and everything. Like, I thought they had thought it out and everything. No. So they literally had days to prepare for his visit. And it made it even inconvenient for us as a group uh, for our agenda, because a lot of things that they had planned for us got um, either canceled or, you know, we had either delays take place because things got shut down. We had to get rerouted because of security. So mm-hmm. unfortunately there was a bit of some moments of inconvenience due to Trump. So once again, Trump just ruins everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got, I got a funny, uh, we got, we went live and, um, our, our, uh, chief sports anchor <laughs> got pulled aside by, um, social, or not social security. Well, um secret service to go they were like yeah can you like be over here so they were like no more live shot for us i will say the security was actually not that bad i was expecting them to be like uh really just super strict and like mean about it and stuff but they were they were pretty good with just you know being quick and getting folks through in a timely fashion so there wasn't uh, any really bad situations with security. There was some really, there was some awkward moments where, you know, um, yeah. folks was getting through with their passes that um, were, uh, let's just say, uh, uh, what what's the word? Uh, pigmentally challenged. <laughs> that, okay. That we're able to get through and, uh, people that uh, were not pigmentally challenged were being stopped. Right, that was kind of okay. weird. I'm picking, up, I'm picking up on what you're throwing down. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was kind of weird. But, um, you know, other than that, you know, it, 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 it wasn't, you know, it wasn't too terrible. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed um, those moments of just kind of uh, going through uh, the Speedway. So let's see. Saturday. So Saturday, we, I had the chance to interview uh, the vice, the executive vice president of Fox Sports, who happens to be a sister. Her name is Terry Hines. Yes. Black woman by the name (laughs) of Terry Hines. Um, She is so cool. Y'all, she is so laid back. I'm telling you, this this hairstyle looks cool. What I'm looking at right now. She is. So I can only Oh my gosh. She's just so, like, she, and she was hanging out with us, like, because the team was like, yeah, we're going to interview Bubba later. And she's like, oh, can I, can I come with y'all? Like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) 
that's pretty cool yeah instead of being like oh well i need to be over here yeah yeah she was just like so so laid back it it was just a pleasure to just talk to her and we took so many photos together she's like i gotta get my good side you know i gotta get my shades on you know she was just so so (laughs) sweet and immediately you know she was like okay let me follow you on twitter let me follow all your socials so um that's that's great. It's it's nice to meet somebody, especially someone that's so high up on the chain, um, that's so humble. You know, that's that's a rare yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, that's cool. Yeah. All right. Let's see. What other names did you have going on here? Let's see. Because we are. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh yeah. So that so that happened on Friday, and then we um we had a chance to meet the legend of nascar richard petty which was fantastic he came by and we all got together it was more of like a meet and greet um not really a one-on-one interview uh so he came by and you know we all kind of fired off a couple of questions here and there as a group and then i asked one question i asked him is there anything that still surprises you you know, so many years later in this sport. And he said that technology. <laughs> so <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I bet. Cause Richard Petty, he's one of those guys that just be hanging out. I, I always wonder if he thinks that sometimes, like how so many things have changed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So that, that's what's still, you know, that's what surprises him is the technology. I mean, I, I would imagine like, you know, they probably got like iPads and all of these like, really high-tech devices in some of those cars and stuff. I mean, I didn't get a chance to look at the inside of an actual, like, race car. Uh, so I don't see oh, – I, no. I didn't did get – Did you get, like, any kind of driving experience, or did you just kind of – it was just from the outside because you are busy trying to do interviews and everything? Well, so on Saturday, I did get a chance to do a pace car drive. Um, so the pace ride was us, um, or actually on Sunday, rather, excuse me, on Sunday morning, we got up super early, like 6.45 a.m. Um, at an ungodly hour to do pace car rides on the track. <laughs> so yeah, I got into a, that and um, basically they just had somebody drive us, a group of us around the track at about a hundred miles an hour. They said it was up to 120 miles an hour, but I don't know. I think, I feel like it was like, it went up to like maybe 110, but yeah, we went around the track. Oh man. What was that force? Like that must've been crazy. It felt, it it felt pretty good, but I'm like, I've, I've gone a hundred (laughs) <laughs> 10 miles an hour in my own car see, see that's why i call you speed racers i've done that in my own car um so yeah uh <laughs> but it but it was great it was great i, I would have liked because i was told that they've done pace car rides up to 200 miles an hour i'm like i, I want to go up to 200 shoot uh oh, but fact, yeah, you guys great. like car models Oh, well, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, fun fact, this was a Toyota uh, Camry TRD, the pace car for the Daytona 500, if anybody was curious. But what uh, what what I found interesting was Toyota only had five cars. And when they started off the race, they were um, the top five drivers all had Toyotas when they started. Mm-hmm. And then like, there was, like accidents and everything like that, where it was just downhill, where it was like one Toyota left. But I just thought that was interesting because there's always like this toy 
toy Toyota Ford sort of thing going on. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, with some of the drivers and everything. So I just thought that was kind of interesting since you uh bought up the pace car. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they had a team of Toyota people there around the pace cars. I saw like like they had their Toyota shirts on and stuff. Like I think they were employees or something um riding the pace cars, but yeah, but that was fun. I'm a, I'm a fan of Toyota. I drive a Toyota, so I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was great. We did that on Sunday, and that was a lot of fun. Also on Saturday, we had a chance to do a meet and greet with Bubba Wallace, which was amazing. He is so cute. Can I just say, that is a fine look at Yeah, I was about to say, I was about to say, I don't want to deter you from your experience that you're talking about. I was like, he looks, he's he so cute. He is so fine. Whew. Um, <laughs> also he's under um richard petty's race he team is. you guys are curious just a tad he is um and check out the interview on blackgirlnerds.com uh because yeah check it out it's some cute pictures on there some cute, cute pictures, pictures. I, I took a picture with him as well and he dropped some really interesting um gems of knowledge on there about even like the politics of nascar because one thing about nascar mm-hmm. that was really interesting that I learned is that it's not necessarily about the skill of the sport that makes you successful as being, you know, someone that gets to be on the track as a, as a driver. It's about the money. Yeah. It's, it's about sponsorships. And he, and he mentions that in the interview, he's like that there's other drivers that he will ride with that has, you know, hasn't been riding as long and they'll, they're able to get money and they'll be able to get more rides than him. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Cause you, they're like sponsored to death. When you look at NASCAR, NASCAR drivers, like if you pay attention to their uniforms and everything. So I can yep. see that. Yeah. Yep. Cause even the guy that won, um, I mean, he's won a lot of rides. Um, Hamlin. Yeah. Denny Hamlin. Yeah. The one that won. Yeah. Like he's sponsored by FedEx. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, don't quote me, but I think I've seen a little jump man on him. I think Michael Jordan might be doing some. I got to go back. Like, I'm trying to find the picture now just to double check. But I think Michael Jordan mm-hmm. might tip his head into racing. But, yeah, these guys are, like, sponsored crazy. Right. And, I mean, I'm just saying that just because I see his the FedEx all over his car and he's wearing the FedEx. So, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming I FedEx. Assume. Yeah, I, I would say that'd be a safe bet. I would say that'd be a safe bet. <laughs> But, um, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's all, over all about, yeah, it's all about sponsorships. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, obviously if you win a race, you're going to get sponsorships. Right. That's a big part of it, but you cannot be, I guess that great, or you could be new to racing. And if you get money, you can get into more races. So that was just an interesting thing that, um, Bubba kind of spilled the tea on. Uh, that was what we had done on Saturday. Um, and then, you know, there were some other things that we did. There was a party as well, which was kind of nice. Oh. Yeah, you know. Partying, I see. Partying was, it was, it was laid back. Um, so I, and I, and I didn't hang out at the party very long because I knew I had to get up really early the next morning for the pace car rides at 6.45 a.m. So, I, I didn't yeah. stay at the party very long, but what happened before the party, cause I don't want to skip this part was we had a dinner. Oh. 
Yeah, we had a dinner at a Mexican restaurant um, with pretty much all, not all of them, because Jasmine told me that this is only part of them, but pretty much all of the black folks that work for NASCAR was at this dinner. Wow, that's dope. I bet there were some stories to be shared. And there was a lot of them. And it wasn't and it wasn't all the black folks. It was just at this party or at this dinner, it was all black folks at this dinner. Yeah. But um it was at least like twenty or thirty of them at this mm-hmm. dinner. And uh I was just amazed, like, wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. People working in social media, people working in marketing, people working in licensing, people working in multicultural, um, you know, folks working in all of these different kinds of departments. And I'm just like, this is freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, I can imagine, um, like, the stories. Like, if you had time, the stories are probably good, would be in that room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, don't sleep on NASCAR, y'all. Do not yep. sleep on NASCAR, especially if you live. Um, so NASCAR, they have headquarters in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, yeah, and so I've been also, sleeping on it. I had to. I gotta step my game up. You, I, Ryan, listen, that's your hometown. So <laughs> I know I gotta step it up. I know what I've been doing. And and there's, I'm telling you, there's a lot. There's a lot of us that work for that company. I was, I was so shocked. I was just like. I did not know so many black folks work for this company. This is crazy. But they also have headquarters in uh, Daytona Beach, Florida. So if you're in any of those cities, look up NASCAR. And I was talking to one of the employees and asked her, you know, how did you get into NASCAR? And she said she just went online and started looking for jobs and saw that they had an opening and applied. And she, you know, was like, I'm not going to be afraid to apply. I need a job. You know, just because it says NASCAR on it, I'm not going to assume they're not going to hire me. All right. Well, I'm definitely going to go check out their website after this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so do not have, do not assume it. that. I think that's kind of what's wrong, especially with us. You know, sometimes we get a little close minded and assume things yeah, and yeah. think that, you know, um, it's not open to us. Uh, but don't don't be closed minded. Be open minded when it comes to these things. And I'm guilty of that too, y'all. I'm I'm guilty of it as well. Oh yeah. Uh, so. I, I told you like before we started that I went I just recently went to a monster jam, like and I've always been fascinated by like the models of cars, cars, because you know, you guys know I did my little fast and furious rant. But I never I didn't stop out of my comfort zone to try to see what it was like to try something different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's why right. I think that's super cool. Yeah, to like get out and see and and know that there's uh you know so don't be afraid just because people looking at you a little strange, you know go to you <laughs> and see what happens, see what you find out. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And I mean, when I was on so on Sunday on on Daytona Day, I saw you know it was of course it was a predominantly white crowd, but I saw mm-hmm. black folks. Yeah. hanging out there yeah, you like you get amazed like because you think like what people tell you like you think you're not gonna see anybody look like you're like oh okay well there's a whole family sitting over there chilling i didn't even know this i saw i saw this one black family and i was trying to hurry up and get my phone together to get a photo but they walked too fast yeah i was so mad at myself for not getting a photo but it was like a young boy mm-hmm. and a mom and a dad and they had these daytona 500 shirts on and they were taking a picture. They were taking a selfie together. And I was just like, wow, this is amazing. Just seeing this black family with Daytona 500 shirts at a NASCAR event mm-hmm. as fans, just enjoying a Sunday afternoon together. 
it's not something I've ever seen before. And I know that might sound like ignorant or whatever, but it's just something I've never seen before. But it's, but it's true though. Like yeah. people, you wouldn't think about it. Like it's true. Like I, I watched my first race. I usually don't watch it. I usually wait for like, cause in my job, you get all the highlights and you get everything spoiled. So you don't think about it. Right. But sitting down, like watching it was like very interesting in like the camera angles and um, they know with Jeff Gordon retiring now, they have him where Fox Sports has him now where he can like talk to some of the drivers as they're racing. Yep. Exactly. That you don't get some of that stuff and you, you know, you don't hear about any of that stuff. Um, cause you know, on, only thing you're going to get in the news and most, most media outlets is like the highlights really quickly. So you're not going to get like all the details and stuff that you might be interested in sometimes. Exactly. Yep. You're not, you're not. So, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in NASCAR now. And even my mom started watching NASCAR <laughs> last night. <laughs> she started to, cause she, yeah, I was like, fan. I got caught up. It's interesting. You guys like, check it out. I'm gonna give you some facts. I'll let you like, I kind of wanted to hear more of your, like any, if you got any more media things you wanted to share, but it's pretty cool when you get into it. Yeah. So a, a few more things. So um, I also got a chance to, um, which there's going to be interviews that's going to be ran throughout the week on blackgirlnerds.com. So definitely mm. tune in later for that. But got a chance to interview Don Harris, who is the head of the multicultural development team over at NASCAR. She was great. Really lovely to talk to. Um Husan Hamilton, I don't know if I said his name right. I apologize if I messed up your name. Um, but he's the director of racing operations. Uh, and also Brandon Thompson, he's the tour series managing director. So, I mean, these are guys in executive level positions at NASCAR, and they are all African American. Um, so yeah, that's that's amazing. That's just amazing to me to even know that that's a fact at at NASCAR. Yeah, we we really had a, a fantastic time. Also, did a meet meet and greet with Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon um, won the NASCAR Cup, I believe, in two thousand and eighteen, um, and um, met his um, his pit crew uh, tire changer Daryl. Um, who's black and he's cool too. He's very laid back. We also did a hauler tour. Daryl gave us a, a tour of the, of the hauler. So the hauler is this area where they store all of the components of the vehicle and it's very well organized. It's very mm -hmm. meticulous. I mean, and, and apparently they also sell these parts. I mean, it's like a revenue stream as well yeah oh wow you know it's and okay. it's nice and clean i mean the it, they have like a countertop and they even have like an area where there's like a bowl with fruit and stuff and a sink and everything like that i mean it looks like um looks like the inside of a trailer um but they call it a hauler um because i guess they actually you know they they move oh, these okay. these all of this stuff yeah. is mobile you know they they move them from you know one city to the next and the next and whatnot but um it was a very interesting, just kind of, mm -hmm. it, just to see the process and the mechanics of how everything is done. It's it's almost like there's a science to it. So yeah, because I'm like, how do you know what bolts? Like, if you come out with the wrong bolts to the car, like you know what happens? You know, all that kind right. of stuff, like always interested to me. You know, like how to keep it all organized and everything. Exactly, and a lot of the folks too. Um, by the way, that work in the pit crew 
-hmm. lot of them are like former athletes. So like I met Kenyatta Houston, um, who is also, he used to work, um, or he, he used to play for the NFL. Um, so he is a part of the pit crew and, um, some other folks as well. So a lot of them are like former, um, athletes like NFL or former basketball players, um, and I guess you have to be athletic to, you know, be really fast on your feet and haul around all of these moving parts all day and stuff. Um, obviously, um, Brianna Daniels, she used to be a point guard basketball player at Norfolk State. So, you know, you kind of have to be on your feet and be a little bit, you know, filled with some stamina and agility to, to take on the role of being a part of the pit crew. Um, but they, they all seem to love it. And also one thing I really want to add to is, man, it's almost like a family environment. It just seems like it. When you look at some of their interviews and stuff, it seems like it. It's like all of the black crew members that work for NASCAR, they all get along. There's no tribalism. You know how in some companies, where there's yeah. black folks that work together, there's still mm-hmm. like tribalism that happens. That's not going on at NASCAR. Everybody gets along with everybody and everybody just loves and appreciate each other. Um, at least from what I saw in my weekend experience. And even when I'm like walking through, you know, the pit area or, yeah. or just walking through the, you know, the hallways and stuff um, and seeing the black staff members you know, they look over at me and they smile or give me like the head nod. And, and it's like, it's like they say, I see you, you know, I acknowledge you. And that was great to to see that. Um, So yeah, it's like a true family and everybody just is so happy to be there. Um, And that's, that's also rare. I I mean, I hate to say it. Um, And even in our community, like it's, it's kind of rare to see that too. Um, so yeah, like, like, yeah, just kind of not the fact that you have to be in this job right now, but kind of, you can see them excited to do what they're doing. They're they're excited. Oh, I have to be here today and do this job. Yeah. Like they, they really love their job. And even when I was talking to, um, Kenyatta, cause I had done like a brief interview with him. He's been doing, cause he's a tire changer. He's been doing that for 15 years. So Wow. I'm like, wow. okay. Cause I asked him, I'm like, do you want to do, you know, anything more than what you're doing now? And like, do you want to advance mm-hmm. in your career? He's like, well, I've been doing this for 15 years, so I'm, I'm good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. That's dope. Shoot. I want to get yeah. out there where you like, you get in a position and you're like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm okay right here. This but, is good. I don't really need to do it. But then else. when I looked up, when I looked up those tire changer salaries for NASCAR, I, I was like, oh, I see why he ain't going nowhere. I like <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Jamie did the research on I was it. like, okay, I understand. 15 years in, he's good. And he was like, so when can I learn how to change? Right, tires? right. So they, I mean, yeah, they, they obviously love what they do. And I even talked to another guy, um, gosh, I'm so terrible with names, um, but he's like a Jackman. So he just like jacks mm-hmm. the cars. And he even told me he makes good money and he's just a Jackman. Man. Well, I was wondering about that. Cause you know, if you mess that stuff up, it's gotta be like, they coming after you. So I, I would think that you get paid pretty good. And plus like being that close to like, where they have to pull into the big mm-hmm. time. Yeah. 
So I would think, yeah, I would think, because it, it, it kind of shocks you a little bit, but then it doesn't. Like when you watch some of the, like when you get to watch the process, exactly. um, like I don't know if you got to see any of the pit stop, like actual change out during the race. Like I don't know if you guys had like a certain media area or something, because I was always curious, but it looks so close. Like when you're watching at home, how close they are. Yeah, they are. I mean, there, there's the pit stop areas really, <laughs> it's, it's very crowded and it's kind of scary because cars are coming in and out. So they gave us these credentials to wear and there's these passes Mm -hmm. that say hot. Um, And the reason why it says hot is because when you have a hot pass, then that means if you get into the pit area, when there's cars coming in and out, then, you know, obviously you have to be an adult to be in that area. Uh, Kids cannot get a hot pass. Kids get what's called a cold pass. Uh, so they're not going to be allowed in that area. If you do not have a hot pass, you're not going to be allowed in the pit area. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. obviously not going to be um, a very safe area for a certain group of people. Um, but yeah, it's it, it can be pretty dangerous. And there's like a yellow line where, you know, we have to walk behind that yellow line because those cars are, they're coming in and out. Um, and it, and it's really loud by the way, too. So if you, yeah, I was wondering, cause you always see people with those like earmuffs on. So I was wondering how loud, like mm-hmm. <laughs> you need earplugs. <laughs> <laughs> so you, did you have like the earplugs in and then like some noise canceling headphones or was like the headphones enough? No, I had earplugs. Um, Jasmine gave us earplugs, uh, for our team. So thank goodness. Cause had I known that I needed earplugs earplugs i would have brought my own um but luckily she yeah they never i noticed they never tell you that about like i guess you just have to do your i guess you got to do your research and be a fan of it but yeah. i noticed they never tell you that about like racing events because they get pretty loud oh my like God. nobody ever says they bring your noise counseling headphones or whatever exactly and there's this thing too so when we were in there uh we were in the hospitality area where um they serve food and stuff like that and you can watch from the stands uh the raceway so we saw the xfinity game which is the game before daytona 500 so i was able to see some actual racing because unfortunately due to the rain delay i didn't get to see the actual daytona 500 because that happened on monday and my actual flight was on monday but um i did watch the xfinity game and there's this thing called fan vision. So you mm-hmm. put these headphones on and uh, there's this device uh, where you can actually watch the driver. You can pick the driver of your choice and you can see the camera inside of the driver's vehicle and oh, wow. listen to him communicate with, I guess, his person. <laughs> whoever whoever's communicating with the driver i don't it's, know um i think it's the uh crew chief the crew chief. i had to get i had to dig in my notes i was too busy listening <laughs> to your story where i have my notes in front of me thank you ryan <laughs> bear with me listeners because i'm still learning um i said his person um his crew chief yes you can listen it's all to good we gotta learn we're all learning yeah crew chief. his his crew chief so yeah you can listen to the driver communicating with his crew chief um, and it's called Fan Vision. Um, so that was pretty cool to uh, put those on and listen to that uh, during the Xfinity game on on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, that has to be that's pretty cool because they they try to do a little bit of that at the like for you at home to look at. But I can't imagine like being there, like you knowing that they're just like down from the bleachers a little bit and you can see exactly what they're saying and everything. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So it helped having those headphones on because that helped cancel the noise for me a lot. It, it helped more than the actual earplugs because earplugs can only do but so much. Let's yeah, that's why, I, that's why I was asking if you have to do like, uh, you know, put the earplugs in and then have the he- you know headphones on top if you were told is what you needed to bring. No, no. I mean, we weren't even told to bring that. Um, what we were told to bring as far as on our agenda was wear comfortable shoes Um, wear like a drawstring backpack or like a fanny pack. And by the way, I had this really super cheap backpack and it came apart on me and I was so mad at myself. So I had to go out and buy like this super expensive backpack from the hotel. Uh, (laughs) Mm. um, but yeah. Well, now now you have it. Now you're all set. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my souvenir. So to myself, I have now a drawstring backpack that's probably the most expensive drawstring backpack ever but um <laughs> um but yeah there was a lot of walking uh my my I can imagine. yeah I had my yeah. Fitbit on I'm, I think you got your steps in I got my steps in I think I'm good for the whole freaking week probably the next two weeks oh there you go <laughs> The rest of us are still trying to fit in our workouts. You already good to yeah, go. Yeah, I think I'm good to go. So yeah, there was a definitely a lot of a lot of walking involved, but um, but it was fun. It was it was definitely definitely a lot of fun. And I I really want to learn more about NASCAR. Um, I really want to learn more about that sponsorship stuff because Bubba like the fact yeah that, that looks so interesting. Yeah, yeah, the fact that he said that it almost makes me want to like help him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to help. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like there's something that I don't know. Like, there's 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 got to be something we can do, like within even the fandom community or something, to help Bubba Wallace get sponsorship. Yeah. Well, I think this. I think something like this helps too. But you just have to get like you just hope it's more and more people like all the media outlets that were there, more and more people that keep pumping him up and let it you know keep it out there. Yeah, on people's radar that we have this. You know that even though they're working on diversity, it's still rare to have this African-American driver out there that we won't like, Hey, you know, people notice, pay attention. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I I want him to thrive because if he's successful, then that gives the uh, inspiration and motivation for other African-American, you know, men and women to become drivers. And by the way, um, there was a young man that I had a chance to talk to by the name of Rahaj Karuth. I hope I'm saying his first name right, um, who is a part of the NASCAR Youth Development Program. And um, he's actually training to become a race car driver. So, yeah, I think that that's awesome that they have these diversity programs that are already in place to help, um, you know, young kids of color to try to, you know, get, become NASCAR drivers. So young little Bubba's <laughs> are training. Yep. We need all the little Bubba's to come up and notice and, and do some stuff. We need, we all need, little bubbles. We need young Bubba's out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was, that was awesome. All right. Well, let me give, I'll give some facts then. Uh, Cause you know I went on my I went and did my deep dive fact finding mission when I had to watch this so I can know some things going on here. Um, okay, so we'll go back to Daytona since you started you started us there, Jamie. Yes. 
Um, so basically, this is 200 laps, um, 500 mile uh, long race since the name. And this is the start of the race season where everybody gets all hype. It's also known like this is like it, it's like an interesting thing and a not so cool thing. But it's famous for like the photo finishes because you want to see everybody hold up that um, Harley um, Harley Earl trophy is what they get. Um, they also get like about one point five million. Mm. So, I mean, NASCAR, I, I think we're seeing a common thread here. I don't think they're hurting too much for money. So that's good. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's also known for like the unfortunate wrecks, which I right. went in a, which was, which was like, when you're watching this on, when you're watching it at home, you're like out the, the, like you're, you're, it kind of takes you out of how serious and how deadly this sport is because you kind of get pulled out of it a little bit right um but you know Dale Earnhardt like th- the day we're filming this this would have been 19 years since he passed wow um, at the same exact race so and you don't think about and his injuries weren't even like hit the, the I think like some of the they've definitely upgraded the safety measures since you know him being in the car um but it was I, from the research I'd done, they, the way he came out, they didn't know like the when it initially happened. It didn't seem, you know, like they were going to lose their driver. Like nobody had any idea, which I think was like the huge effect of, you know, a race like this. Um, it all settled in. And, and the same on this, the same um, race we had. Um, let me see if I can get his name right. Ryan Newman has been in the news all day today because yeah. he had a, horrible horrible crash oh that my God. just so bad yes like oh. he was on the brink of coming to the finish line and was like swat side swiped on the back like actually i think it came from the driver's door actually um and you if you just see like you saying like if you go back and look at the footage the flip of the car and then like because there's nothing you like you're not slowing down you're going like 190 miles per hour maybe faster Mm-hmm. So there's no like, oh, I'm going to move over here and maybe help this out. Like you're just collision after collision. Like, you know, you're trying, if you're not t- uh, turning and flipping like he was, you're trying to get off, you know, maybe to the side of your head to spin off into the grass. But he yep. was just like, it was just going. And then like the flames um, and you would hear like, you heard just like the shock of the flame. That's fans. what makes that scary is the flame. Yeah. Because right. Once that happens, you're like, oh, my God, is this even salvageable kind of thing, you know? Right. And they like and luckily, I think they've like speed up the time. I don't know how they did it, but I think it was like miraculous how quick they got out there to like, you know, to start to extinguish the fire was like the first thing they did, um, right. you know, before trying to worry about pulling him out as quick as they could and get him to the hospital. But it yeah. was just like the split second and how intense these drivers go when they know you're coming up on these last laps because, you know, they want to win it. You know, it's a race they want to win. Yeah. But to think about how intense it gets so quickly, because you're just watching them. It looks like they're all just like in one line, just following each other around and around. And it's just all very calm. And then it takes like one driver to break the loop. And it's just like everybody is like slamming into them or spinning out. It, I don't know. I just thought it was crazy because I had never paid attention to it before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, of course, that stops the race for a amount of time. So you're kind of like sitting there. Everybody has to get realigned. Um, like I was, I was getting hyped. Like we were talking about Bubba a lot. I was getting hyped because you can see the way it works when, uh, when they have the, um, the wrecks, because the one before Ryan Newman, most of them were just like, the cars were just so damaged where they could, they were going to come back, but the people were okay. Like they were coming out of the cars, getting interviews and everything. But people like Bubba Wallace that are kind of far back in their starting line, you could get to see them climb up a little bit mm-hmm. because these collisions will take out like half the top runners when it happens. 
So you right. have you just you could just continue to see like the leaderboard change as the race is going, which I thought was like pretty interesting and something I didn't notice before. Oh yeah. But, you know, as soon as you get those top drivers back, uh like Denny Hamlin, everybody goes back down to like 12, 13, and it keeps going down. But I just thought that was interesting how just one little thing um can just can take the whole race like a whole other um direction. Um because real quick right right and it was his last lap and I think what a lot of people like they've taken I think they got the car back from Ryan Newman now or well we got off the track took it to um where they're gonna have like a lot of NASCAR officials look at it um you know and determine like make sure you know like the safety features and different things like that that you know maybe prevent it more or something they can add um Mm -hmm. which I think is great that they're always looking at that because these guys like the the risk level is crazy yeah um but yeah I just and then like one of the things too that I don't know for sure but doing research and learning it I know when they're racing they are it's about like the aerodynamics like it's about the the uh the speed and the wind that you're dealing with so I'm thinking like a lot of these drivers like when it looks like they're going around and um like just around around in circles following each other it's about a wind pattern they're going after like you want certain gaps of wind or air in between each driver to kind of help you keep your speed so I feel um, like once that might be why like all of the drivers kind of collide and crash into each other. Um, mm-hmm. Once a once a big accident happens, because I think they all kind of get jerked off of that like that kind of um, that kind of pattern, so to speak. So and it's and you have to be like that skilled driver that you know like maybe you could you could you know like hug a little bit. Um, you know, like I guess they they call it tight and loose. Like you get a little bit tight towards the wall and maybe get yourself around the crash in enough time. If it doesn't mm-hmm. hit you and spin you out. Um, but yeah, I just thought all that stuff was kind of cool as I was kind of researching. Cause I always wondered, I'm like, cause if you, if you coming off fresh, just looking at NASCAR, it looks like they're just going in circles, just following each other. And you're like, when is somebody going to break the pattern? Is nobody else trying to win? Cause you'll keep your top drivers up there for like laps and laps when nobody right. doing anything. Um, which by the way, these races are like three to four hours. So yeah. these drivers are having a like, yeah, it's having to get their locked in. I do want to ask you, Jamie, since you were kind of down there, got to talk to some of them. Are they wearing, are they wearing like these adult diapers that people keep talking about? Like, how are they doing with like bathroom breaks? <laughs> do they have like, That's you know, did you see any kind of like behind the scenes thing about them like getting agitated about like the rain delays and stuff, like having to sit out there and all that kind of stuff? I don't, you know what? I didn't even think about um, asking questions about like going to the bathroom and stuff. Um, I mean, they do have their little Winnebago's that are right there, uh, uh-huh. near the, near the raceway, but they're not that super close. So yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. It, yeah. I was like, that's yeah. the one question I want to ask you. If you saw any behind the scenes, like driver sneak peeks for us about like how they're feeling about like when they get the delays, cause those delays was crazy. Like they were going for a couple hours and then it was like, Oh, we got a sprinkle. So you guys need to pull off. Right, right. Yeah, I I mean with I mean while the rain delay was actually happening, they had these uh little trucks that came out onto the raceway and basically they were like blow dryers, I guess, or air dryers making mm-hmm. these loud noises and they were, you know, oh, trying okay. to suck up the uh the rain and stuff off mm-hmm. of the ground. So, and I don't know where the drivers were. Cause I actually, at that point we were in a different area. Uh, we were in a hospitality area that was further away from oh, the raceway. Okay, okay. Um, but, uh, I 
don't know if the drivers were back in their RVs or Mm -hmm. if they were in some other kind of holding area. Um, I would imagine they were probably hanging out in their RVs, kind of just relaxing until they were told to come out and, you know, do their thing. Uh, But yeah, 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 I'm curious. I'm always curious if they get like frustrated, like, oh man, do we really have to stop again? I mean, they do right. have to, but I know it's got to be frustrating to be out yeah, there. Yeah, I'm sure. You get nothing. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. But I, I got to say, though, going back to the thing about them driving for so many hours, because we were talking about this, too, like amongst each other um, as members of the press. We were wondering, mm-hmm. like, is is racing considered a sport? And yeah. Um, and yeah, like you have to be athletic to do this because. Mm-hmm you have to have some kind of stamina and agility in your core. You're driving a vehicle. You're actually driving a vehicle that is tons and tons of weight and you're controlling it at several miles per hour. So you have to have upper body strength. You have to have core strength and you have to have that stamina because you're doing it for three or four hours, sometimes maybe even longer um, at a time. Uh, so yeah, it, it definitely is a sport. Uh, so I, I don't think, I don't think that that's a question, but for probably somebody out there that doesn't think that we're just sitting there putting in a couple things, you know, yeah. Around the track. yeah. So, but then you'll be like, well, is golf a sport? You yeah, know? You so, yeah. You get yeah. questions. Yep. Yeah. Right. But I can see, yeah. And just the way, like, um, the way the car is built, like you're saying, how heavy it is, you're like, yeah, you're dealing with like your those, and the, like you're saying about it being a science, those guys are also calculating their body weight plus what the other 39 drivers are doing, um, you know, plus what's what the track is made out of, what conditions yeah. they're driving in, you know. So that's like, yeah, so I would definitely, yeah, I would definitely call it a sport because that's, you know, we just drive your everyday car, you get in the car, just crank it up, you gone, you know, you're not thinking about <laughs> everything else. And uh, all of them were, all of them were buff. Like all of them, you know, definitely were physically fit and had mm-hmm. upper body strength. So you could tell that each of these drivers were definitely working. At least, you know, the the drivers that I saw in person, um, you could tell yeah. that they were working out. So um, definitely got that yeah. Planet Fitness uh, membership. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I just thought, yeah, I just want to give you guys a little tidbit of the Daytona facts there because I just thought a lot of that stuff was um, real interesting to kind of figure out, um, you know, just a little bit of the way the car works because um, you always hear like the announcers going and the announcers like to me talk super fast when oh, you listen yeah. to some of the dark NASCAR stuff and I'm like, wait, what they say? Like, you know, <laughs> what happened to Joy Legato? Like when they have accidents, like the announcers like lose it in the way like they're reporting so rapidly. And you're like, what is going on? Like, um, cause that's why a lot of people were given, um, it was, uh, Joe Gibbs racing, um, is what Denny Hamlin was under. And a lot uh-huh. of people were giving them slack because they, it seemed like they were celebrating their win, which you should, but they also didn't know what happened to Ryan Newman. So okay. I think some of the audience might've been like booing him a little bit and people thought they were just kind of like, oh, well you know, he wiped out, it's whatever, we won, oh, but we won, but they just couldn't hear, like, I think the way it happens, and then they have to get to victory lane, um, once you, you know, once it's announced, like, once everybody checks the footage, and it's announced, like, you are the winner, 
they like take off their headsets. They're busy like celebrating with their team and they can't hear everything. So they had, I think at the time they had no idea something happened to Ryan Newman. They, he just knew he went through the finish line. Okay. They sounded really calm when the accident was happening. I, I can't imagine being an announcer and just seeing that as it's happening, you know, the, the crash and yeah, seeing they the were car like, well, let me just you all these things really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing the car flip over, going into flames and then just having to give the, you know, report and being so calm about that. I don't know. I just, yeah. I'd be freaking out. I'm I'm kind of glad I wasn't there to see it. Cause I feel like I'd be traumatized. Like yeah, uh, a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of they, a lot of the fans. Yeah. were like, like if you go and watch, like I'm sure they got like a bunch on like YouTube and everything now, since everybody's talking about it. But yeah, a lot of the fans, you can see them like crying and, um, they didn't know what was happening. They didn't know what was going on. I think that's why, like I said, Denny took a lot of it because people were like, well, what are you doing? Like, didn't you just see what happened? Like, why are you celebrating? You know? Yeah. Um, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But he is, it It was reported that he does, like the injuries are severe, but it doesn't seem anything that right now is life-threatening. But um, he would definitely be like, you know, they just keep it a close eye, you know, him in the hospital recovering and everything. But at least we know like none of it's life-threatening. Yeah, yeah. Thank goodness he is um, still alive, not life threatening, and uh, you know he's going to be okay. So that's that is the most important thing. So, but yeah, yep. but yeah, these these drivers, yeah, we got to find out more about these sponsors because it it gets it if I feel like it gets pretty intense. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm like, I, I want to help Bubba out. Like that that just that no, we we need to start this help <laughs> Bubba campaign out. Okay. That that really that that stuck with me when he said that. Um, so yeah, and it it being Black History Month, like it, that that's the thing too. This all happening during Black History Month was so important, and mm-hmm. I love the fact that I had a chance to meet him. That I had a chance to meet Brianna, who is making Black History during Black History Month. I'm so proud of her, my yeah, fellow Spartans. That she is like, so dope. Did she did she have like a serious like game face like or like race face when she got ready? Because I there was like some footage of her um looking like maybe she was setting some things up. Um, yeah, next to the next to the pit stop or something. And she had, I was just wondering if she had this like serious game face. Like she went from oh let me interview with the reporters for a little other media and then let me get into like race mode. She she kind of did, but then when she came to talk to us, she was so sweet and nice and had this really warm smile on her face. And the thing was, they her team was kind of running behind, so she didn't have much time with us. I think my interview with her was like a little over a minute. So I yeah. kind of had to embellish my article a little bit because I didn't have much of an interview with her. Um, but yeah, we we didn't get much time with her because she had to hurry up and you know get going like and I'm just grateful and you know honored that she even took time out of her day to talk to us because she didn't even have to do that because she had a job to do but um but yeah yeah yeah, and when she did talk to us she was talking like really fast (laughs) so she was so nice like I'll just go back and listen to this later yeah, 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 exactly. So, but she was so, she was so nice about it though. So, um, yeah, she's going places, man. That's, yeah, shout I'm out to like, this diversity in NASCAR. I love it. 
Yep, yep, yep. So, oh, speaking of which, before we end, since you brought up uh, Black History Month, you turned me on to Wendell Scott, which I did my little digging on him to find out. Um, because he was actually like, he's the I guess you could call him the pre bubble Bubba Wallace, maybe. <laughs> like people want to think, <laughs> you know, like you know, before there was a thought of Bubba Wallace, there was Wendell Scott. Um, but okay, so a little bit of, of his background. Um, he is from Danville, Virginia. So, um, you know, Virginia around in um Jamie Stump grounds. <laughs> uh, he raised from 1962 to 1971. And so, if you just think about the thing that got me is if you just think about racing in NASCAR during like the Jim Crow era. Um, it, to me was just like, I, I can't even imagine. And everything was basically, um, his family being his pit crew. Um, you know, everything had to be sponsored by him. Like it was just not going to be like, I can't even imagine like being back in that time and noting that no matter what you wanted to race, but obviously your skin color was like, skin color was holding back in a lot of ways in the, in the sixties, but trying to be a NASCAR driver. Um, but he, uh, he served in the army, um, during world war two and that's where he kind of got all his mechanical skills. And, uh, let's see here. So I found, okay. I keep seeing so many different stories about his background, um, about like how he actually got his foot into racing, like into like even one race. So what I found, the first one I found that I thought was pretty interesting was, um, so they say a lot of. Uh, back in the day, a lot of people became like taxi drivers and stuff like that to kind of to make a living. Or maybe that's where they got a lot of maybe some of their drivers or the interest to want to drive cars. And so um, and he would find and he would get his income by driving this taxi and also driving cars through back roads in the south hauling uh, moonshine. And so and they called it like rum rum running. If I can get my that's say that five times fast. Um, so yeah, so in the police and it was like, uh, let's see, I'm trying to skip down here in my notes to get to, um, so a VA, a Virginia police told, um, a track promoter, a local track promoter, um, how professional or how quick Scott came to when it came to hauling liquor around. So this was how he got his first intro into racing, um, or <laughs> even getting into like a track at all. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Like there was just so many, and then you don't know how many stories are like on fact, because it's one of those things where Wendell Scott was kind of praised afterwards, which you hate that kind of thing where they're trying to go back and like get all the facts. And, um, you know, you just kind of wish he would have got the recognition he deserved while he was alive. Right. Um, But yeah, it it was one of those things where you kind of just see different stories and you're not sure which one is all the way true. Uh, This one I just thought was funny to share with you guys. So I'm hoping an ounce of him running moonshine was like one of the reasons he knew he could drive like a uh, NASCAR or car pretty fast. So I thought that's pretty cool. Speaking and... of moonshine, we got treated to some moonshine. Oh, wow. oh, we oh, got more of story, Jamie. Got more of <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead though. But I just wanted to add that in there. <laughs> oh man, Jamie, leave it as hanging. Um, okay, so the big thing about Wendell Scott is he is the only African American to uh score a cup win in 1963. He won at Speedway Park, um, in Jacksonville. It was like a one mile dirt track. Track, too many, too many race terms going. <laughs> um, and uh, so one thing about him winning, 
there when he uh, when the race was finished, they actually flagged um, when they throw down the official flag, like in the race um, uh, for people who are not who don't know about that. But anyway, so they gave it to this racer called uh, Buck Baker. He was declared the winner until they went back and checked the tape um, and found out that it was Wendell Scott. But Wendell Scott missed the uh, victory lane situation, or they think it was intentionally um, something done to the scoreboard because they didn't want um, an African-American driver getting an award from a white race queen. Um, Cause I don't know if it was a beauty. I think they're trying to say it was a, um, a, um, a white or Caucasian uh, beauty queen that was handing out the awards. And so they didn't want that kind of image, I guess, or want that scene. So I think it was tried. I think they tried to gloss over the fact that he won until it was like checked out and officially, um, uh, checked out by the scoreboards um, and noticed that he won and everything like that. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Again, going back to trying to be a NASCAR driver in the sixties. Mm. Um, I thought that was interesting to point out. Um, uh, uh-huh. Bubba Wallace also, obviously this is one of his idols or somebody he looked up to and knew about. Um, there's a lot of like, if you just Google Bubba Wallace, there's a lot of interviews where he's kind of talking about Wendell Scott and some of the things like um, a lot of his windows, a lot of Wendell Scott's kids got into racing and kind of stayed in that world a little bit. And, you know, just to keep his legacy and memory going. And you see Bubba Wallace talk about meeting some of them and all that kind of stuff. If you if you're curious to know more about Wendell Scott um, and how all that shook out. Um, and he um, retired in 1973 because he got in an accident and passed away in 1990. And they refer to him as the Jackie Robinson of NASCAR. Nice. So I thought that was I thought that was pretty dope. That's pretty cool. I and I have never heard of him. Never heard of him. Which I, I is, hadn't either. When you shot me that email, I was like, "What? Who?" And then I just was like lost in all the stories because it was amazing. Yeah, and I mean, and I didn't know about him until um, Don Harris, uh, who runs the multicultural development team over at NASCAR, told me about him. And I'm just like, "How have I never? Like, I've heard of Jackie Robinson. I, I've heard of so many great black." pioneers in sports and basketball baseball you know football but I did not know in race car driving that there was a black race car driver by the name of Wendell Thompson never heard of him yeah never heard of it I was I was just like what and didn't he win um he he's also the first one to win a series cup right Yeah, so it's 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 crazy. So that's why we need to. I'm with you now on the Bubba Wallace train. So please, <laughs> more people doing because I was just I couldn't believe it. I was like, he's the only one that's only won. One. And then like I I don't know, it was just unbelievable to me. I was like, we gotta like get these promotions going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we and we need to share more of his story and his legacy because mm-hmm. the fact that like he's literally a hidden figure. Like there needs to be yeah, a movie made about him. Yeah. Yeah, they. Yeah. Re- I really hope they like. Yeah, I hope it's enough. Like, you know, people keep posting, and maybe they'll. You know, you listeners out there, if you guys are interested, in it, look up some more stuff, tweet about it, do some research about it. Yeah, maybe they'll put it into a movie. Yeah, yeah. Do a for those of y'all that are in school, doing your internship somewhere. Do a profile on Wendell Thompson, black yeah. NASCAR driver, first one to win series cup. There's there's your project right there. Yeah, in the sky, <laughs> make it happen, people. Do it, and also uh, uh, start your uh, yep. little Bubba campaigns. <laughs> yes, yeah, we, we gotta we gotta put together Bubba 
Wallace campaign. Yeah, that that just that, that. Yeah, that got to my heart right there. Like, come on, man. Yeah, I can't believe it. Like, and you know, there's people that could do it, but it's just like, like you, we talked about many times already, just the stigma and like getting out of your head, you know, Mm -hmm. trying something different and not worried about what everybody else thinks or it's not so common or you can't do it. So, yeah, Yeah. I I love, like, I hope everybody goes and checks, listen to this, check out Black Earthers and see all the interviews and stuff that you came up with because I, you guys will be amazed. And how much is going on in that car? And I mean, and when I think about the black community, like we are the largest consumers of so many commercial products and brands, like we are the largest. So, um, him getting a sponsorship should be so easy. So I mean, it it makes no sense to me that he should struggle. Makes no sense. Um, so yeah, that should change. Um, uh so yeah i think we should go ahead and wrap this up uh i really enjoyed this podcast i really enjoyed talking to you ryan and thank you for you know doing this with me well yeah i'm glad you were on the ground to give us the details because i want to know and i hope you're going back so we can get some more behind the scenes on the ground details which are a stable uh what's it tie bag you said backpack you got (laughs) i know the most (laughs) Expensive drawstring bag. Yeah, yeah, we want to see more of you live with your expensive drawstring bag. Get us more details. Hopefully, you've given us what Bubba is now sponsored as. Hopefully. Yes, yes. Um, shout out to the NASCAR team, to Matt, James, Jasmine, Marilikas, Gentry. You guys are awesome. You rock. I love all of you. Um, did such a great job hosting this event. Uh, Daytona Beach, uh, the Autograph Collection Hotel. Uh, that's where we stayed. You guys were accommodating. Um, gosh, I forgot the name. Oh, Mickey. Mickey, the general manager there. So nice. He gave us a tour. Um, really awesome staff there. Um, the staff served us the moonshine. So, you know, I'm going to give you guys a shout out. Shout out to the moonshine. Shout out to the moonshine. Yeah, so I had a great stay there. Yeah, check out the Autograph Collection Hotel if you're in Daytona Beach. Um, it's fabulous. Um, yeah, it sounds pretty great. It sounds pretty great yeah. right now. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But the drawstring backpack, don't buy it there because it's expensive. I'm just saying. <laughs> it, it, it costs a lot of money. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but definitely check it out. And, um, you know, listen. I think you guys, if, if NASCAR is something you're flirting with the idea of either being a part of or looking at as a sport, I think it's something you should check out. At least give it a chance and see if it's something that you like. I am interested so far. I am interested. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. Check it out and see. I'm I'm actually interested in a lot of like hard things now that I didn't know I was interested in. So, you know, try something new. Try something different. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think you guys be will be surprised. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think for me, you know, the actual racing itself wasn't that interesting to me. What was more interesting to me was mm. the pit crew area. I can see I that. Really, yeah, I can see yeah. that. I really like, you know, kind of the nerd and geek in me like the pit crew area because I like the way they were kind of, you know, doing the construction and the, you know, the putting together of the parts and, and just 
the chaos that was going on back there. But it was, yeah. you know, it was like an order chaos. chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Controlled chaos. I enjoyed seeing that. Um, and just the science behind everything too, um, was really intriguing to me. So if anything, that aspect of NASCAR was more fun for me to watch than the actual race itself, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, I think they do like a, some kind of documentary on them, maybe, unless they already have one and we just don't know, but something on like that experience and everything. Yeah. I mean, I want, I want to see one on Brianna. Yeah, I, I think, do too. Yeah, make that happen. There, you know what? There was actually a film crew that was recording her, so I think there is something. Oh, nice. That, okay. Yeah, is there is something in the works about her? Um, but yes, I or yeah, I, I I definitely need to look on YouTube or Netflix or wherever to see about the pit crew documentaries because I'm sure there's something out there. Cause that that whole experience was just fun to watch. Um, yeah, it sounds like that sounds like a it sounds like a good time from the distance. I I probably would like hit myself with a couple tires or something, but it sounds like fun from the distance <laughs> to watch. Absolutely. All right, Ryan, where can people find you? At November Bear on Twitter. Excellent. You can find me at Jamie Broadnax on Twitter. And then you can find our outlet at Black Girl Nerds on Twitter. And thanks for listening in. We will yep, see thanks, you next guys. time. Bye. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.